The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and our podcasts. Driver, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. That's right. Welcome to another episode of the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host, Rod Gomez, joined by my fellow host, Cody Zeeb, as we are back for another week of NASCAR racing. Uh, we're taking off of the bigger tracks, and now we settle in to our mile-and-a-half tracks uh, in the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. But, uh, Cody... Welcome back to the show one more time, and uh, man, I, I got to tell you, my friend, two weeks in, I'm happy with what we're seeing on the track so far. How about you? What an event, Rod. It was amazing, just amazing racing. I am so pleased with what we've seen so far. We've had 19 different top 10 finishers in two races. It's been incredible. That's the first time that's happened since 1973. That's That's just insane to think about, and... The racing has been good. There was just nothing last week. You, you couldn't look away. It was it was great the whole race. And that's the thing, uh, really. When you're when you're talking about NASCAR, a couple of different things can happen. One, there can be so many wrecks that it just takes away from the whole course of the the race. Or they get too strung out, single file, no passing. Uh, we've seen that time and time again uh, over the course of the last few years, where. The winner wins by, especially even in Fontana, where the winner can win by like six or seven seconds. And that's a big lead on a track that's two miles long. So, that yeah, that definitely eliminated the long, strung out and boring races. But uh, it really brought back some some great uh, driving, maneuvering, and, and just excitement to the very last lap. So, yeah, I got to tell you, last week in Fontana brought another great quality race to us. Agreed. Yeah, they brought it up during the broadcast. Uh, I think it was every the last four races in a row, the second stage winner won the race also. So that just kind of shows you how once somebody kind of got up there, 
they just dominated it and and kind of won the race won, won the race from there and yeah we definitely did not see that uh this time the, the lead changed hands many times and even though it was Kyle Larson again winning it wasn't in the way we've seen it where he just dominates the whole race and pulls away from the field he wasn't even the best car I don't think he he might been the fifth best car out there he happened to be in the right place at the right time at the end and survive the chaos and come through but definitely wasn't what we saw last year where one car was just way better than everyone else uh, there was many different points in the race where wow this car is maybe the best or this car might be the best or now this car looks the best and that's i mean that's what you want to see that's the kind of racing we love and yeah just so good to see well, and so that's that and that right there, you encapsulated it all basically in that we saw and and as we go into the recap now, obviously last week was the uh, Wise Power 400 in Fontana, California on the uh, the speedway there, but yeah, the Auto Club Speedway and really that's what we were, we were talking about cars that we don't normally talk about. We were talking about cars in the 40s that were running up around the top and, and actually contending for the win and you don't necessarily always see that so it was exciting in a way that that we finally are, are getting to see maybe the great equalizer and yeah you're right kyle larson ended up uh, coming away with the win but i mean i don't know how the guy continues to do that and i don't know how you can stop him from it anyways but uh just the simple fact that we're actually seeing guys up around the front that we don't normally see uh it just makes for a lot more fun racing and and i I'm really dying to see uh, what comes up next, but uh, I want to talk about a few things that I really loved because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, Cody, that we weren't really going to see real, I don't want to say legit racing, but the, the kind of racing that you're, you're normally used to seeing at Daytona. And I wasn't going to start until even this week coming up, but you got a little taste of it here in Fontana. One of the things that stood out to me were pit times we're, we're listening to pit times of like nine seconds we knew the single lug nut was going to come into a factor but did you expect that honestly not really i mean yeah there was a few nine seconds a lot of them were around 10 seconds that is so fast <laughs> we're used to 13 14 seconds maybe maybe upper 12 second pit stops before just crazy to see how fast they were and i mean these guys have gotten good at it already. Uh, there was another mishap where uh, the 38 team, uh, yeah, 38 at Gilland, uh, they had a tire fall off. But other than that, uh, I mean, everybody else pretty much got them on. I, I guess uh, I heard Ryan Flores, the tire changer for the number two car, talking. I guess Austin Dillon's car, something with if you start the the gun too early when you're going to put it on, it like super tightens the lug, and they had to like cut the lug off the car they were lucky it was the last pit stop but had to like cut it off to get it off so yeah just so fast and we saw that play a big factor my guy ryan blaney every time there was a pit stop i was like what happened to him he lost so many so many positions every time so pickers are going to play a, a big factor maybe even more than they did previously because it's so much faster now it feels like it takes longer for them to put in fuel than it does to change all four tires. That, that That's insane to think of. Yeah, that seems like what they're waiting on most of the time is to give the driver the drivers used to going right right when the jack falls, the last tire is on, but now he's got to wait for the signal of, of all the gases in. So, And that could lead down the road to interesting finishes if they don't get enough fuel in a car or the guy starts taking off too early, something like that. So another thing to keep things exciting and 
help us something something else to watch as we go down the road and the thing is you got to pack it full of fuel i mean that that's they always say it, it's always calculated out to the just specific lap and they know exactly how much fuel is in that thing and if if you don't get a full fuel tank uh, you're already at a disadvantage a, a lot of times going into to whatever uh stage of the race that you're in so i mean yeah you're right we could very well see uh fuel become an issue if they pull out a little too early and and, and drive away uh chase elliott had uh, a a problem with his lug too didn't he yeah i think they had an issue on one of the stops i don't remember exactly what Hard happened flying out of that one too that that was the issue they, they had yeah. flying out of it that was that yeah. was i think that was something with the gun maybe and then yeah. i saw ryan blaney's i guess his deal was something with the way the back end was set up or something made it harder for them to take it off so it wasn't like anything they could help but so that'll be something to see going forward what these teams learn from all of this i mean that was the first time we'd seen really oh and i we didn't i don't think we got any green flag stops there were so many cautions in that race which kept everything tight and close which i didn't mind at all but yeah i still don't think we saw any green flag stops but it's going to be interesting it's they look so funny it looks like they're going so slow it's crazy and then you look at the times and you're like man that was a fast stop when it looks just not the the normal organization we're used to seeing i guess but seeing a lot more standing around in my opinion i, yeah, I see almost like they're waiting yeah they're like uh what am i supposed to do now like i i hit the lug now now what yeah well you talked about cautions that that's that's good too because uh normally in california there really aren't that many cautions now again we don't really like cautions as a nascar uh, fan you don't like to see uh the the caution flag wave because that usually means there's a wreck or that usually means that something happened that was bad but uh in this instance yeah i mean the, the cautions did keep it close and we saw I mean, what the over under was 12, as they kept saying, and definitely, I think we hit 12 or were we over 12 by the end? I think end it was right at 12. Yeah. Yeah. Right at 12. So that was a yeah, point. And I mean, we just talked about that last week, how it's generally not a very caution heavy race and how most cars finish it. But then, I mean, we saw from the very first practice on lap one of the first practice, Kevin Harvick, a champion, a veteran, spins it, backs into the wall, and then. They go back to green flag, and then Ross Chastain took a massive hit. I'm not sure if you saw that one, but he smacked the wall hard, so that was a little bit scary. But again, those cars seem to hold up pretty well. And so, uh, yeah, it was chaos right from the beginning, and it went all the way through the race, and it uh, it kept things exciting, that's for sure. Hey, when Kevin Harvick doesn't need to go to a backup car, when they were like, it would take less time for us to fix this car than it would to get the backup ready, that says a lot about what these cars are bringing to the table. Yeah, that says a ton about it because it, I mean, just initially, it, it smashed it in pretty good, but the way they're able to just remove those front and rear clips and put the other clips on, and they took a few parts off the other car, but didn't have to go to a backup. Chastain did because his was pretty smashed up. But, but yeah, I mean before again we just saw how that car just crumpled and these new cars are definitely holding up much better i mean the only issue now is the tire thing with once once they get a tough uh i think it was christopher bell got a flat tire from a spin and ended up going four laps down by the time they were able to get him back to the pits to get his tires changed so it's gonna be interesting nascar already said they're not gonna make any changes this weekend so basically don't spin or you're gonna be screwed but uh yeah, it, it's all all interesting, and that's the fun thing too. Is you just kind of learn as you go, and that's how NASCAR takes these changes. and And it's fun to watch. It's fun to see 
them work things out in real time and, and kind of see the process as it goes along. And, and you're right. I mean, it's too late to make a change for this week and hopefully they, they take a li- uh, look for the, the next coming weeks. But yeah, when you're, when you got a flat, you used to be able to just kind of run off to the side and, and go get it changed, but now you can't. And, and that's going to be a frustrating thing until they can get that fixed because you're right. You go three, four laps down like Kyle Bush did. Uh, you brought up uh, the, this uh, Christopher Bell overall Gibbs really had some trouble uh, keeping it all together. Obviously we knew Kyle was one of the favorites heading into it. He was my favorite heading into it, uh, <laughs> but unfortunately really got taken out of it early. Toyota, Toyota in general, I think is going to be something to watch. They really seem to struggle. Kurt Busch ended up with a decent finish, which we'll touch on later where some guys got finishes. They didn't really deserve based on their running in the race, but yeah, Toyota's had a lot of problems. They did not look strong at all. I mean, even when they were just out there running, they didn't look like they were fast. So the, the problems with the sand, now you're going to go to Las Vegas. Oh. There's going to be even more sand. If there's any wind at all, that could become issues. It, it's going to be interesting to see. To see, And we saw that a couple of years ago uh, with Chevy. I, I think it was three or four years ago. They just had something about the Chevys. They just couldn't figure it out. And and that became a thing where you kind of just faded the Chevys because they weren't able to do anything. And the Toyotas and Fords just dominated all season. So it'll be interesting to see if Toyota gets it figured out or or if that's something we're going to be able to fade for a while until they figure it out. And that's going to be tough for betting purposes too because those Toyotas carry a lot of heavy names with them. You know, Hamlin too, right? Yeah, Hamlin just, had trouble. Yeah, massive names. I mean, Truex, Hamlin, Bush, both the Bushes. Bubba Wallace even, I mean, and Christopher Bell, he's not a slouch either. So you only have six Toyotas, so that definitely shortens the field, but it's six strong Toyotas. I mean, uh, you know, Gibbs is is a powerhouse team, and then 2311 is basically a, a partner with them, and so they're definitely no slouch either. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. Let's talk about the last uh, 20 laps there when Kyle Larson made his move uh, well, okay, made his move, but some would say that he uh, did not treat his teammate very kindly as he slid up on Chase Elliott. He claims he didn't see him. Cody, we watched the film. What, what do you even think about that? All right, so I'll even say I am a big Chase Elliott fan, and there's a lot of backlash from Elliott fans. I, I don't think that he did it on purpose. I, to me, it, it looked like... He was, I think they were really focused on the 22 car that was on the bottom side. And then last second, I mean, Elliot came fast. He had a big run. And I think last second he saw him coming and he tried to go up and he was just too late. Stuffed him in the wall. He might not have even realized that it was his teammate. Elliot was pretty heated on the radio right away, which you would be. But I, we haven't heard anything since then. And that team is so strong and they know what they're doing. And with veterans like Jeff Gordon around and Chad Canals, I think they're going to be able to. And they had a run-in, I think, last year on one of the road courses where they kind of bumped each other. It it happens, and we've seen it before at Hendrick specifically. Gordon and Johnson got into it. Oh, they had a whole season of run-ins, basically. So it'll be something to watch going forward, but I don't think he did it on purpose. And I heard somebody earlier make the point of, you know, if it would have been in the first 20 laps, then maybe it would be a big deal. But it was in the last 20 laps. You're racing for the win. Yes, they're teammates, but... At the end of the race, it's kind of every man for himself. I mean, you're still – you want to beat your teammate, you know. So 
I don't see it as a huge deal. I think he was mad in the moment. I haven't really heard him say anything else about it this week. So I don't know that he's necessarily stewing on it. But And we might touch on this later too, but I think it might light even more of a fire underneath Elliott. I mean, he was the big shot at Hendrick. He won the championship two years ago. Then Larson comes in. He wins 10 races. He wins the all-star race. He wins the championship. Elliott's sitting there like, what the hell, man? You know, like <laughs> this guy just come in and steal the spotlight. So that may even more light that fire under him for, okay, I, I've got to beat this guy and I've got to show everybody I belong up top here too. And I'm, I'm still one of the top dogs in the sport and at Hendrick Motorsports. You know, that, that Jimmy Jeff rivalry that, that kind of happened within the, the same walls, it, it got even funnier when actually Jimmy was driving Jeff's car, right? He's part owner of that car. So like, what do you do as part car owner? <laughs> it was so right. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was even more into that where, I mean, Johnson was Gordon's hand selected guy. And then, you know, you look back at history and man, Gordon might've had way more championships if he did not, not brought that guy in. <laughs> it's like, but, uh, yeah, it, might, yeah. <laughs> it was the greatest thing I ever did. And the worst thing I ever did for my own career. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. And so, but here's the thing too, is that when, when those guys look as strong as Hendrick is right, as strong as that stable of, of, of drivers is, it's no surprise that they're going to be duking it out over the end of the race to win. I mean, we put that many good cars, that many good drivers in the front, they're going to have their battles. So it's not hard to, to uh, it's not out of the question even to think that that's going to happen a, a couple more times before I think it's all said and done. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, they're the last two champions of the sport. So they're obviously two of the top drivers in, in the series. So yeah, you're going to be around each other every week. You're going to be battling for the wins. You're going to have the best cars. It's going to happen. There's going to be run-ins. Elliot's had run-ins that were his fault in the past, you know, and it had run-ins where it wasn't his fault, but he was up there. It's just part of racing. It's part of the sport. It happens. I don't think it was malicious on, on Larson's uh, part. I think, I think it was an honest mistake and it happens and hopefully they can just move on and it doesn't become a thing and, and they can just kind of keep fi figure it out behind closed doors and keep it within the building there. Well, and you said it yourself, they've got Jeff Gordon out there. They got Chad Knauss. They've got two of the guys that have been through this before, especially with teammates that have been duking it out. I think they know how to handle the, the situation there, but any final takeaways from this race, anything, how'd your bets do? Let's, let's, let's do that. How'd our bets from last week go? Okay. Well, first of all, <laughs> My, my Ryan Blaney to beat Kevin Harvick that was cashing for 193 of 200 laps. I was so mad at the end of that race. I would make that bet 10 out of 10 more times because Harvick, man, he did not look good. I was watching the leaderboard. He was running behind Corey LaJoy in like 22nd place most of the race. He was not good at all. And I already talked about fading him going into the season. And until I see something from him besides a, he got a good finish because of the chaos at the end, but I'm going to keep fading him until I see something from him because I think, well, man, we've seen it so many times before where these guys just start get over that hill. And once you get over it, I mean, you see it in football with Peyton Manning, you see it with everybody, but Tom Brady, I guess, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, we, we saw it with even Jeff Gordon started to win less at the end. Uh, Jimmy Johnson didn't win his last couple seasons. Like, once these guys get to a certain point, it just seems like it falls fast. And, yeah, so that bet was cashing all day. It looked great. Blaney had one of the best cars. 
kept getting screwed on the pit stops. So, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, that one didn't go so well. Saturday in the Xfinity race, I had given out Noah Gregson to win, uh, not realizing Cole Custer was going to be in the race. Once I saw Custer in practice, I gave out him at plus 1,200 in the Slack channel. Uh, and then those guys finished first and second. So I felt pretty good about that. Cash on the plus 1,200 uh, for Custer. Uh, I had Burton over Chastain in the race. I mean, that was a battle of two guys that didn't look that great. Chastain had a part in the race where he looked decent, but they both got caught up in incidents and were 29th and 33rd. So that kind of just didn't uh, didn't go so great. But then I had Ryan Blaney to win, and of course he didn't win. But I feel good about that one, and I think he had a really he had a really fast car, really good car. Just kind of kept getting caught up in it and and couldn't stay up front. But how'd you so, do? I think you had a decent one in there. Yeah, well, I had a pretty decent day, I, I would say. Uh, I had let's see, Cindric or Burton in the top five. That was tough because we know what happened to Burton, and and of course you just talked about that. But Cindric just had some bad luck all day. He was running in front, obviously for a little bit, but uh, I just feel like he had trouble once he got back into the middle of the pack and. He just got caught up in, in all the nonsense, and I don't think his car was as strong in dirty air as it could have been. And he was bucking for somewhere in the top top spots, but uh, I don't think he had a top five car really when it was all when it was all said and done. Um, felt bad for him though, you know. Pole sitter went one last week and just really couldn't translate in that into this race. Um, had Amarola top ten, that one hit. Uh, the top 10 machine in Fontana. Yeah. I mentioned the 19 of, of 20 top 10 finishers have been uh, different guys. The only guy who's gotten two top 10s is Almarola. So that was a very good one on that. Definitely a good call. I liked it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I was pretty happy about that. And then, of course, Kyle Busch to win. But that did not happen. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. He was like, what, five laps down and ended up on the lead lap at the end of the race, which I, a couple of guys did that. I think Suarez was like four laps down at one point, And then he was in the lead with like two laps to go. It was just a crazy weekend, man. It was insane. I, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with that race. Well, I tell you what the wise power 400 taught us is that we know nothing about what's to come <laughs> this NASCAR season. We can take our best guests and our educated guests, but we are in for everybody's in for a, a learning curve this season. And really just, uh, Hold on, strap in, right? Because it's going to be a fun one. Exactly. So, all right. Going to step away for a second, come back. We're going to set up the trip to Sin City uh, in Las Vegas on the Motor Speedway when we come back for Stage 2 on the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. But first, let's tell you about WinBet. They've got a massive, massive, massive college basketball contest happening right now grand prize winner is going to receive a reserve seating area that's four seats at the world-renowned win las vegas race and sportsbook for the early round action of the college basketball tournament going on march 17th and march 18th as well as two rooms at win las vegas for a two-night stay in addition you'll be awarded one thousand dollars in free bets on win bet any of you that place a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period is going to become eligible for the prize, and you can take advantage of the offer right this second. I will wait. 
Okay, no, I won't. There's no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if you wager $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, you're going to receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. There are never enough things to gamble on, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know this to be true. But the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing, and the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies especially if you're a brand new to the sport go check out stable duel it's a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes pick your horses build your stable and play against others to move up the leaderboard but really the most important thing is you can win as much as fifteen thousand dollars with just one entry do not worry if you don't know anything about horses, because I don't either. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com, and multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly. It tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. This Saturday, tune into SGP and Stable Duel live stream. Sean, Ryan, and horse racing expert Malcolm talking the ponies. Plus, you have a chance to win 25K live on YouTube. That's 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern this Saturday. So go download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. We will see you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. Speaking of racing and winning, Cody, we have got a race coming up in a more comfortable surrounding for most racers, and that is a mile-and-a-half track, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, this traditionally has been one that's been a lot of fun to watch, and I think we're in for a really good show come Sunday uh, with these new cars. I agree. I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think this was kind of the type of track they really built this new car for was to, to race on these mile and a half tracks. So I think it's going to be a good time. This track is an older surface, not as old as auto clubs. That was a really old surface. I think it's about 25 years old at auto club. This one's about 16 years old, but it's still going to be worn. We're still going to see some tire wear. So it's, it's going to keep for fun, exciting racing like we had last weekend. And I expect another very good race like we had hopefully and we're seeing for the first time this season the next gen cars take on progressive banking so that should be fun as well yes another another challenge another uh another thing to throw in there to, to change things up and and have offer something different right yeah so what is, banking on this does a lot of different things obviously it gives you the opportunity to kind of build more speed and 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 we'll see a little more passing but uh, I mean, you are, are far more familiar with track design, I, I know, than, than most people. So just kind of walk us through what progressive banking means and especially what it means to these cars now that you've seen a couple of races under their belts. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, I don't really know how it's it, that's the thing about this car is we just don't know what we're going to see. I. We don't I threw you on the bus. Don't worry about it. I was like, <laughs> Cody's our track expert. Give us everything you know and no, go. So, I know a lot, but no, uh, it's just 
I you know I don't know what to expect with this new with this new car. Everything's gonna be so different that who knows? I mean, we saw last week where they get hooked a little on those seams and it just dropped the car. Uh, you know, turned the car out of control and they weren't able to be in control at all. So on this banking, how is that going to affect things as far as you know? Uh, Time wear, especially. That's what I'm more yeah. worried. About. Obviously, because when you're talking about banking and you're talking about leaning on the the tires on the inside and and just really fi- just figuring out what that's going to do, the uneven wear. Obviously, California a little more of a flat track, so uh, your tires are are going to wear differently than they're going to wear on this this bank track here. And you're right. I mean, you saw some of those tires get caught up in the seams and and just blow. And, and so, is it going to happen where they're going to cook the uh, the the left front or they're going to cook the right front out of these bankings and turn too hard and yeah i mean i the tires are going to be a major factor in this race i think more than we've seen obviously we saw them take four tires every single stop uh that's going to be the same case again with this and it's just going to be a very uh long hot afternoon in las vegas yeah and to speak to the tires too in the past we've they've always announced what type of tire they're bringing and they'll say, Oh, we use these right side tires at this track, left side tires at this track, blah, blah, blah. So you could kind of look back and see how they wore at the track and how the track is comparable to the other track. So for this one, they're bringing the same right tire that we had last week, which there was a lot of right rear flats. So something to keep an eye on. And then the left side tire is going to be totally new. Obviously these tires are different than what we've run in the past. So nothing to compare it to. So, Again, this is all a process. I mean, NASCAR could tell just from practice and qualifying last week, tires were going to be an issue, and they issued the teams an extra set of tires for the race. They had only, were only going to allow 11 going into the race, change it to 12. So it, it's just that's the thing, that, and that's what makes it so exciting about the season too is we don't know what to expect. And that's something where you can look back at all these results and all these finishes that these guys have had at these tracks, and they might not make as much of a difference as we think they they have where the car is so different the tires so different the tracks are going to be totally different it's almost a whole new thing well we're gonna have 267 laps worth of this stuff going on and and a lot of rubbing but one thing i suppose doesn't change and that we we know is going to happen week after week is that kyle larson's going to enter the race as the favorite i know we're going to break a lot of our bets down but uh, are you surprised at all that, that Kyle Larson opens the line uh, as the, the odds-on favorite? And not even by a little bit, even, too. Yes, this is so shocking. I've never <laughs> seen this before. <laughs> and we mentioned that last week. I mean, when we were going over, we could come on here every week and just say, bet Kyle Larson to win, and he's probably going to win, and then he wins, and okay, wow, we're the best. But that's not – there's not – a lot of value in now I'm going to contradict this in a few minutes, but there's not a lot of value in betting such short odds. And I mean, even last week, like we said, he didn't have the best car. He outlasted him. He was there at the end. He made the right moves again, showed his racing ability, even though maybe some of those other cars were faster or better. He was able to outmaneuver them had the right moves through the right blocks, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it's not surprising. He's going to be the favorite at probably every track other than the super speedways until we don't see him win multiple weeks in a row. 
until further notice, Kyle yeah. Larson becomes the de facto uh, favorite to win every single race. And if he's not the favorite, then there's something wrong with someone. <laughs> <laughs> then he's not in the race. Right, cool. yeah. You might want to check the Twitter news or something because, yeah, he's, he's just always going to be the favorite, and that's how it is. And, and for – the rightful reasons obviously we saw it last week he won so <laughs> yeah i mean yeah and, and and he won in a race that he probably had no business really winning uh but he just put himself in the right positions at the right time and, and continued to grind and and the team i mean they worked hard you got to put it that way um his is brush with elliot notwithstanding um but yeah i i mean he's he's there and he's there just about every time to win. We aren't going to be talking about him in the bet. So I want to make a special note of saying that uh, if you are betting Larson, keep in mind that uh, over the 11 starts that he's got on this track, he has got eight top tens, four top fives, and one win, which came last year. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the, the the win that he had was the first year that he was uh, in the Hendricks car. And then, uh, oh no, I'm sorry. It was the, the second year he was in the, the Hendricks car. But uh, that being said, most of all of his success on this track came with the 42. So he's not a favorite for no reason. Uh, the guy has had success in lesser equipment. And now that he's in the superior car of Hendrick, he's just been kicking ass all over the place. Exactly. And we saw that last week with, you know, he, he had a lot of success in the 42 car at California. Again, a lot of, you know, obviously won the race. So, and something, I mean, that team, and I think him and Cliff Daniels, his crew chief, really clicked together really well. I know last year, Cliff Daniels was going to his dirt track races and watching him, and they would talk about the cars and what Larson was looking for and feeling. And I think they're very, very good at communicating that during the race and working on the car. And a lot of times you see him start to get better and better towards the end of the race. So, and that's something Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers have had for a long time. They call Kevin Harvick the closer because he can be there at the end. And we even saw that last week where he was crap all day and then ends up with like a seventh place finish or whatever it was. So that's something definitely, I mean, you know, he he's going to be up there. He's going to be in the mix always. He's not going to be able to win every race. So, but he, he's, he's going to be up there barring some type of failure or incident. <laughs> You sure as hell gonna try. I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> that guy, I, and I said it in an article that I wrote earlier that uh, you just you just cannot not. Right? I, I even double negative it because it was that <laughs> important to get there. You just can't count him out of anything at this point. You you literally could put him in the back of the pack because he did. He started toward the rear of the field, right, in in Fontana, yep. and worked his way up. So you you just can't. I mean, even if you want to say fade Kyle Larson at this point, you can't and, and, and be successful all season long. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> you, you said it. Uh, he just, he's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's just frustrating to everybody else out there. I mean, I, that, that must be what it was, what it felt like to be not a Jimmy Johnson fan for so long, huh? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is, is this what it felt like is this is this am i am i living what the other people are, are living with yep now you're uh now you're now you're feeling what everyone else felt during the jimmy johnson years <laughs> <laughs> uh but i don't have a driver anymore that i'm going for so it, that that doesn't uh doesn't affect me quite as much as it would have if, if jimmy was out there uh 
So, and speaking of Jimmy, Jimmy actually has the most wins on this track of any driver, uh, just not active. But yeah, so there, there's a Jimmy Johnson stamp for you. Which you could probably say about most of the tracks we go to. <laughs> I, I think you can safely say yeah, that. for sure. <laughs> Pretty much has a stamp on every track that we're going to go. I mean, that and Kevin Harvick. I mean, Kevin Harvick and him basically own just about every track that you're you're going to look at for the rest of the season, too. Yep, exactly. Like Kevin Harvick, on the other hand, uh, let's see, neither one of us have him coming up on on tap either. I know you. I know you said you're fading Kevin Harvick, uh, but listen, on this track, he's led 679 total laps on this track over his career. He has actually been one of the better drivers in 25 starts. He's got 13 top 10, seven top fives, and two wins. So Las Vegas has been kind to Kevin. But the only problem is, and Cody alluded to it earlier, earlier, he just hasn't looked good in this car yet. Well, you know who else looks at all those statistics that you're looking at, Rod? Who? The books. The bookmakers, the line makers. That's what they're looking at, which means I'm going to take that big name and all those fancy stats, and I'm going to look at last week and how crappy he ran, and I'm just going to keep playing that angle of uh, he's not that good this year. And we're going to beat the books that way. So far, the only head-to-head matchup I've seen for him, at least this far in the week, has been him versus Alex Bowman, which give me some Alex Bowman, please, because that, that's not on my card coming up. But uh, if I could find Ryan Blaney against him again, please give me that. I'll take that bet every time. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so him, him and Alex Bowman are both minus 110 in a head-to-head. I would definitely take Bowman there. I'd... Until I see it from him, he might not even be the best Stuart Haas car anymore. We'll see. I don't know. And I could be totally off. I mean, really, we have only have one true race to measure from, and it was a chaotic race. So it's we don't have a bunch of facts or statistics to back this up yet. This is just what I feel like, what I feel like I'm maybe hopefully catching on to early. And I'm going to try and take advantage of, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, look, tailing that is probably not the worst idea in the world. Like you said, it's just, it's difficult to trust Kevin. He was so dominant on so many tracks coming into that last season, and he never got himself a win either. So uh, it, it was a tough season for him overall. And this season isn't starting out the greatest either. And, you know, it's funny because I, I, I think back to that Dale Earnhardt uh, Jr. interview that he had with him and, a lot of the reasons, and and it's funny because I didn't I didn't even really key up on this until I, I I really thought about it. This season for him is not necessarily a season to drive and to win. It's a season to be in the car that way because he's probably the closest one to actually hanging it all up when this is all said and done uh, after the end of this season, right? I mean, there were rumored that he was going to do it last season, but he chose, and 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 he didn't necessarily come out and say this. But if you picked up on his tone, he chose to race this season to get familiar with that car so that when he moves to the booth, he could be one of the only drivers to ever talk from experience of driving this next gen car. Yep. I mean, that's what these guys, that's what these guys have always relied on is they could tell you what that driver's feeling, what's going on in that car. And we saw it last year with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Clint Boyer. They tested this next gen car, obviously not during a race, but to be able to get some feel, to be able to, to kind of hopefully relay to the viewer what is going on inside that car. Kevin Harvick, this, I mean, that's the perfect play. 
and he's a businessman. He's got his Kevin Harvick Inc. and, and all that. He he's he's setting up for the future. And I, I think I agree with you in that interview. You could kind of tell he didn't come out and say it that way, but you could kind of tell that he'd even considered retirement, but decided he was going to stick it around a little longer. And I think that could be a major reason why is because he can have that year in the car. He knows what it feels like. He can see, okay, this is not what I'm cut out for, whatever, you know. And he is he's one of the older drivers. Uh, the only one who's been in the in NASCAR longer than him is Kurt Busch. So, I mean, he's one of the elder statesmen, and it's getting close to being that time. His son's racing a lot more, and we saw that with Boyer where he stepped away so he could watch his son and, and just be in the booth, have less commitment. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if – not that he's not trying to win or race hard, but if it's more of a season of just learning for him to take that to take that knowledge onto the booth and into TV in the coming seasons. I'd be interested to see him in the booth as well. Uh, let's let's wrap up the preview by talking about a guy that we're, is in neither one of our cards either, and that's Martin Truex. That's somebody you might want to keep an eye on. Uh, again, he's in neither one of our cards, but he's led 300 laps on this track. Has two wins since uh, 2017, and and overall not a bad driver here. He's had 20 starts, uh, 11 top 10 finishes, seven top fives, and of course those two wins. Uh, really, really strong on this track. So, he, you know, he is actually uh, <laughs> he's in my head to head. Oh he's shoot, not, he's not on the winning side. <laughs> you're right, you're right. So we can dive into that more. <laughs> I think we, we will get there, but it's going to be a similar angle. <laughs> no, there you go. I, you know what? I, I was reading your, your uh, card and I was like, ah, damn it. There it is too. True. Another uh, guy I want to mention too, because he dominated the first part of the race last week, Tyler Reddick come out in the clash at the Coliseum. He had the best car. He probably had the best car this past weekend. We covered him in the season bets preview for over a half win for the season. I am feeling so good about that future. I think it's going to cash sooner rather than later. And I think he's going to get more than one dude has looked good. Childress going back two years ago, they've been like the main team that kind of built this car for NASCAR. So I think they've got a lot more information than some of these other teams do. His picker has been spot on. Uh, they kept him up front all, all the whole race. And he's had bad luck in all three races. He, the car broke in the clash. He broke something in the 500 and a flat tire this past weekend, but man, he was fast. He was hooked up. He's one of those. I, he, he really feels like the Kyle Larson of a few years ago where he was stuck in the maybe lesser equipment. If you want to call Childress, they're not quite on the tier of a Hendrick. And now that we got this level playing field again, I, he's going to be one of those guys to watch. And it's going to be interesting to see if Childress can keep him up there and he can have a great season with them or if he ends up moving into a bigger ride eventually, but he could be the next breakout star like the Kyle Larson that we've seen. That dude knows how to drive a car and he's had some bad luck, but that's going to run out eventually. And he's going to, he's going to strike gold. And I feel really good about holding that over half a win. I had it. Yeah. And so I had it in my notes actually to bring up Reddick uh, from last week too, because he really did look good. He just caught it really bad. That was, that was one of those situations where the tire, the flat tire really did a, a strong car in where it well, wouldn't happen. And really it did two strong cars in, and we're going to touch on William Byron here in a bit, but he might've had the second fastest car to Reddick. And I don't know what happened there. If he just couldn't check up fast enough or what, but 
he just smashed into Reddick when Reddick's tire blew, and it took them both out of contention. But that was probably maybe Chase Elliott up there too. But that's what I'm saying where Larson didn't have the best car. I think all three of those cars were clearly better than Larson's. Earlier in the race, hard to measure at the end because they had all been kind of knocked out of contention at that point. But, that, yeah, looked good. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a bet where I had all four Hendrick cars inside the top ten. Oh, and man. for a very long time, it was looking was good. <laughs> very doable, right, until that, that uh, William Byron incident kind of just took that out. And the wind of their sales. I was looking. I was. I was loving that bet for a second. Yeah, yeah. I felt like my Ryan Blaney over Kevin Harvick one. Huh? <laughs> I was already counting my money on that one. <laughs> You're like, and one, and two. Yep. Yeah. Shows how quickly that happens. Uh, all right. Well, uh, let's step away for one more time. Our set up stage three. We'll we'll give you our bets. Let's give the people what they came for. Uh, we'll give them our bets as soon as we come back from this break. That is brought to you by prop swap where america buys and sells sports bets march madness is around the corner prop swap is your place to cash in on the big dance every season prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams like wes from iowa our friend wes sold a 250 dollars 30 to 1 arizona to win the championship ticket for 750 dollars on prop swap now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds and cash out on PropSwap when the tournament starts. And when you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry! Download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale. You get a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit. PropSwap is going to match your deposit up to $500. So join the real sports bettors over on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets and of course don't forget to download the sgpn app it is now live in the app store and the google play store find this show and all of our free picks and podcasts to get easy access to it while you're at it help this show grow a little bit we're getting bigger but we want a little more we're a little greedy we want first place we don't want 10th so toss us an app review and download the sgpn app today game first your last right cody that is exactly right uh, yes <laughs> Yeah, those reviews, they help us so much. Like, And it's great. I mean, already to see, like, we talked about it last week with the number of listeners we've had so far. But, yeah, to see us starting to climb up the charts, too, it feels so rewarding. And we really appreciate all you guys. And, yeah, app reviews, tell a friend, share us, uh, get, get the word out there. And the more people in, the better. I'll let you guys in on a little bit of inside baseball. We have shot up the rankings of the SGP and podcasts. We are a very young podcast in comparison to a lot of the other shows out there, but we are already on the climb, my friends. And it is all thanks to each and every one of you who listen in every week, uh, all five weeks that have been so far. Uh, but we honestly, we could not have done it without you. And, and we are looking forward to a gigantic season worth of bringing you great NASCAR content and uh, hopefully helping you guys win money in the process because really that is our end goal am i right that is the goal and it's gonna happen we're gonna we're gonna hit some we've had some good some good caches so far we're gonna hit some of these bigger ones here 
uh, coming down the road and, and that's going to pay for it all. So stick Thank with you. us and uh, yeah, let's get into it. One may even hit today. I'll give you my better one. One of the ones that I feel more confident about than anything that I've ever felt more confident about in Ooh. my life. In the I last, like it. but I Cody, we're going to, I hope it's not one of the ones that uh, I'm disagreeing with you. <laughs> you <laughs> we'll see. On this one, that's fine. We're, and we're, we haven't done that yet, but we'll do okay. it. All right. All right. So, Cody, we're going to kick it to you first, uh, as we normally do for your first bet of the weekend. All right. Well, we're back to the, the three race slate. We got trucks, Xfinity, and uh, the Cup Series. So, in the truck series, uh, on I think it's Friday. Uh, Kyle Busch has entered into the race. So I gave a spiel earlier about uh, not taking <laughs> short odds to win. And he's actually minus 120, which you don't see very often except when he's running in the lower series. But I've been using this strategy over the last few years. Anytime he's in the lower series, uh, just betting him to win because it happens more times than it doesn't. He is so good he's run 160 career truck races he's won 61 times 128 times he's been in the top 10. he just always is right there in the mix he's always up front they're back to qualifying this year so he's going to qualify there's about a 99 percent chance he puts it on the pole he jumps out to the lead leads most of the race the only one who could beat him last year was john hunter Nemechek. so if you're going to bet kyle bush might not be a bad idea to throw a little bit on him. We might talk about that in a few minutes, but uh, Kyle Busch, it's minus 120, but it's minus 120 for a reason. You don't see that number in racing, and that just shows you how outstanding he is when he comes down to the truck series like this. I mean, he got to his 102 wins in the Xfinity series more than anyone's ever done. He's well on his way there in the truck series he's limited with nascar's rules since he's running for cup series points he can only enter five truck races but he owns that team he obviously gets the best truck he's got the the crew that knows what they're doing he's gonna win more of these than he's not so i'll lay the minus 120 and uh and take the bet there i do want to toss out ryan priest is in this race also in the 17 truck for dgr he's plus 2000 which so if you if you want to sprinkle a long shot in there with it, he, he's another good long shot. But yeah, Kyle Busch to win. I think it's a no-brainer. What do you think, Rod? Doesn't hurt to be performing in front of the hometown crowd. I mean, you got to figure that that's why he's he's putting on the show uh, for the truck races because the rowdy fans in Las Vegas are going to be loud and proud. So yeah, I mean, you can't hate that. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. So yeah, he's from Las Vegas. It's his home track. He raced in this race last year in the truck series and John Hunter beat him at the end of the race. He's not going to let that happen two years in a row or John Hunter, who also drives the Kyle Busch truck, might get fired. <laughs> yeah, say so. a, little bit, a little bit of owner owner thing there. And so that let's just segue that into my bet, because uh, when I looked at the entry list or the truck race uh, earlier, I, I did not see Kyle Busch's name. So I'm wondering, but I saw him on the odds sheet. Uh, again, it's such a, a, a juiced up total, but because the next the next person to win, this will give you a little perspective. Kyle Bush, 120, right? The next person that's listed on the on the the, the sheet was was John Hunter Nemechek at 400 plus 400. So if that tells you how big of a favorite Kyle is to win this race, uh, then you know I, I had to double check with Cody. I was like, wait, Cody, is he really in the race? Because that just makes my 
bet all null and void. And, and to go even more into that point, the next driver listed is Chandler Smith, also a Kyle Busch racing truck, at plus 1,400. That shows you how much it's going to be one of these two guys, barring something catastrophic happening. It's going to be one of these two guys. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. If you're going to obviously, if you're going to put money on Kyle, which is smart, hedge a little on uh, JHN and and see if uh, you know if that one-two battle comes down to the end again, and uh, Nemechek actually crosses the finish line first again, then uh, you can actually come up ahead of what you bet on Kyle Busch as well, uh, depending on how much you put on on both. But you know, plus money. Yeah, it- and that was the strategy I used last year. I bet Kyle Busch threw a little bit on John Hunter. John Hunter on these one-and-a-half-mile tracks. I, I mean, you got to throw Daytona out. That's the only truck race we've had so far. But he is just really freaking good on these tracks. He dominates. When Kyle's not in the race, it's it's a one-man show, and it's all him. When Kyle's been in the race, he's been right there with him. He beat him twice, I think, last year. So he can definitely uh, – the chances of it not being one of these two guys, again, it can happen. That's why they that's why they race. That's why you play the game. But I think that if you go good good size on on Kyle Busch, hedge a little bit with John Hunter, it's going to be hard for you to lose. And that's a great way to start the weekend. It's a fantastic way to start the weekend because then you can use it to put bets on Saturday and Sunday, but mainly Sunday because we're. I don't think we have any. Oh, you do have an Xfinity one. Uh, yeah, I mean, you look at the, the track, you look at just the truck history at all and you go back a few races and, and the name that pops up the most by, especially by the owner's box is Kyle Busch. So a Kyle Busch truck is really going to be in contention to win at this. And if Kyle Busch himself was piloting it, obviously he's the favorite. Uh, but uh, you know, his little understudy, uh, I shouldn't probably call him a little understudy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John Hunter. Uh, I know, but I'm just much older than you anyways. I'm probably closer to Kyle's age than your age. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's a safer bet as well too. So, um, I like it. We've got the one, two punch in the truck series, uh, to start out. Hopefully you, you pocket a little bit to carry you over into Saturday, uh, where your next bet goes, Cody. My next bet, uh, you got Josh Berry, uh, versus Daniel Hemrick. It's minus one Oh five. If you go with Barry, I, I don't really understand this line. Uh, <laughs> I think that Hemrick is getting credit for being the champion last year. And I don't I don't think they're taking into account that he was in Gibbs equipment last year and not Colleague. Colleague has not been that strong on the one and a half mile tracks. They're also have expanded to a Cup Series team and really they're spreading those resources out a lot. So and Josh Berry was freaking good in anything last year. He he didn't he only ran part time. Basically, he was filling in for Sam Mayer or uh, for uh, Michael Annette when he got hurt, and and then he just ran some races. But Junior Motorsports, which is who Barry races for, finished one, two, three here last year. Barry won the race. He dominated. He looked good at all these similar tracks that he ran at. We don't have a long history of him racing here, but Hemrick did all right in Joe Gibbs equipment, which I think is a lot better than the colleague equipment. Almondinger, we saw do all right at some of these tracks, but Haley didn't do much in that 11 car that Hemrick's in. I feel like this is just very mispriced. And, and Hemrick's actually the favorite. Hemrick's minus 115, and Barry is minus 105. So I really, I don't know if it's just because he's the defending champion, if they're giving him credit for that. But, you know, Hemrick, 
we, we've seen it where he, he couldn't win for a long time. And Josh Berry, he's proven he can hang with the big dogs uh, on very, very little practice. And I mean, there wasn't practice or anything last year. He was just jumping in those cars. He raced the one car, he raced the eight car. It wasn't even the same team every time he was winning. He was performing well. So yeah, I love this one. I, I'm I'm gonna go pretty big on on Josh Berry over Daniel Hemrick, and Josh Berry's plus a thousand to win this race. He won it last year. I, I don't understand why his odds are so so far. So I I would sprinkle some on him to win too. Uh, I mean Ty Gibbs and Noah Gregson are the favorites, uh, but again, Junior Motorsports was good here last year with a first, second, and third place finish. Berry won the race, so yeah, Berry o- over Hemrick I think is a is a no brainer. I think you nailed it in the last stage where we talked about bookmakers actually looking at stats rather than watching the race. And this is where you get an edge up over the books because uh, one, you're listening to us and two, you know, we got folks that actually watch the races and even watch Xfinity and truck races to bring you knowledge versus just straight stats. Uh, and, the, and the simple fact that you get an edge up here uh, with superior equipment, Right, Barry's got much better equipment going into this race, and the fact that he's driven everything under the sun and still managed to be competitive uh, every time he steps in the car, uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a good bet in my opinion too. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like this whole network is that. Like, yeah, the house always wins, but you can find the angles, and you can if you play things right, and if you actually study the numbers, you look at things, you watch things, you watch for trends you can find a way to beat them and come out on top. And uh, yeah, I'm not just on here talking about this. Like I sit down and watch every lap of the truck race of the Xfinity race. Uh, I'm digging into the data. I'm listening to different things and interviews and how, how these guys feel about things and pay attention. And, and that's a lot. I think that's going to be a huge advantage in the cup race this coming weekend. Like if you look at some of these bets that we have coming up, some of these guys, if you look, William Byron, wow, he finished like 36. Like, what the heck, man? You know, like if you're just going off of that, then yeah. But if you actually watch the race and you know he was probably the second best car in the race, that can make a huge difference. And I think that's where you can really catch the books is they're just going off of statistics like, okay, he won the championship last year. Obviously, he must be the better driver. You know, this very guy didn't even race a full season. So, I think if you, if you look for stuff like this is where you really can get that advantage. And I think it just, this one really shocked me when I saw it. It, it seems like a no brainer. Barry is going to be so much better. And we saw Barry looked really good this past weekend at Fontana as well. Hemrick was not really up there in the mix that much. And Barry was fast. He was good. The JRM cars were good. Gregson was the best car besides Custer. So I, yeah, I think it's a great bet. I wonder how much uh, the the cup drivers suffer from jumping back into the old car. Uh, it just probably, maybe not. It maybe might be negligible if I can say that word. Uh, but you know, it's got you got to figure. There's a little uh, so uh, getting. I actually heard uh, I heard an interview with Custer this week. I think he was on Corey LaJoy's show. Uh, but they asked him that. They were like, "What's it like being in that car and then going to the cup car?" And he said that. It was really nice to feel the track out Saturday and, and kind of get to learn the track and learn the grooves. But he said when you took it to the Sunday car, it was totally different. He said he liked the experience that he got just from the track, but as far as how the car would handle and 
and how far you could push the Xfinity car was a little more. Whereas if you started to step out of line in the cup car, it, it took it. So yeah, it's going to depend how these guys look at it. it because if they get too comfortable on Saturday or in uh, Kyle Busch's case on Friday in the trucks, and then they turn around and push that cup car too far, it could be negative dividends. But then again, Custer, I think he finished 11th maybe Sunday. So so maybe racing in that race did help him. And, and even though the cars are different, it translated into track time and, and helped him move forward on Sunday. But be interesting to see when these guys do run these races, if, if it does pay off for them. Yeah. It's not really going to happen a lot. So truthfully, I don't think we're going to have that much, especially in the upper echelon of drivers, but uh, all right, we'll move on to my next bet. And I have got uh, Mr. Joey Logano and, and he's in a head to head with uh, Mr. Elliot, uh, Chase Elliot. And that's coming in at minus one Oh five. If you take the Logano side of it, uh, I know Elliot is a red hot driver. I know he was the uh, defending champ from a couple of years ago. I, I know he's red hot, but in Las Vegas, uh, hasn't necessarily been the hottest of drivers. In his 10 starts, he has four top 10s and three top fives, but no wins. Whereas Logano on the other side of it has made 17 starts here, 11 top 10s, six top fives, and two wins within the last few years. Uh, he won in the spring of 2020 for a second time. And then the spring of 19, so he's, he's a two-time Pennzoil 400 winner. Or was it Cobalt back in 19? I, I don't remember. Uh, I have to double-check that one. But yeah, anyways, sure. yeah he, he's won the spring race twice, so he's definitely a well-traveled uh, guy. Plus, not only that, he's led 495 laps around this track. Of course, we just said you could throw all bets out the window with this new car. Uh, but I have a feeling that Logano, obviously, we saw him uh, feel comfortable Bad luck still, but uh, he feel com he feel feels comfortable in this car, and we know that he can drive the heck out of anything uh, and, and new situations. And this is a comfortable track for him; like he knows how to how to get around it. So maybe this new car won't throw him for a loop too much. Uh, whereas I think, like I said, Elliot not such a good history on this track, and uh, really all we're asking him to do is just finish one position ahead uh, of Elliot, which I think is is highly possible this week okay so i have arguments against and i have arguments for so we'll start with the four uh you i mean you showed it with his track history logano's been good here he's one of those guys that seems like half the time when he wins he's got the sponsor of the race on his car which he will which he had last week too also he was at the auto club sponsor well that was the thing it was the auto club sponsorship but not the auto club race so maybe that was the the trick but he is going to be in the Pennzoil car, in the Pennzoil 400. So watch out. That seems to happen a lot. And we saw that Saturday with Custer. He had, I don't remember who his sponsor was, but they were sponsoring the race as well. I should probably remember that stuff, but that's okay. So it's okay. Yeah. Penske has been extremely good on this track. Brad Kozlowski has had a good history on this track. Joey's had a good history here. Again, I love Ryan Blaney. He's probably going to win this weekend. So. Uh, <laughs> so I, I really like it. Now we'll just jump into my next bet to go to the opposite side of this. I have Chase Elliott to win the race at plus 800. Uh, he had probably the best, second best, third best, I would say top three best car last weekend at Auto Club. You could see it. He was fast. I mean, he jumped out and he took the lead and he was gone. And then he got into it with the wall 
But then he came back. He was right there. You saw the run he had on Larson. He was coming for it. He was going. He got stuffed in the wall. We talked about that earlier, and he didn't work out for him. But I think he's got that momentum coming into the race from being fast. Like I talked about earlier, I think he's pissed off. I think he wants to prove, hey, I can do this. Hey, I'm still a champion. I'm still top guy over here. So just as fast as he was last week, we saw Hendrick as fast. Hendrick and Penske, I think, have so far risen above the crowd. Yes, we've seen Jones had a great run this past weekend. Reddick's car looked good. So we've definitely seen these other guys. Toyota, again, I think did not impress me at all this last weekend. So, but Chase Elliott, again, you said at the track history is not really there, but he's looked good on other similar tracks. Kansas Speedway, he's won there a couple of times. He's looked really good. So, again, the higher tire wear, I, I think he's going to be in the running. I think he's going to be in the mix. Plus 800. I really like him at that value to to pull off the win here. Well, for the sake of my bet, no. But for plus <laughs> 800, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good little thing to sprinkle some on. Uh, well, if you bet both of them. Yeah. I mean, if true. he doesn't win, if he wins a plus 800, that's going to cover the other one anyways. This if is he true. doesn't win, maybe Logano wins or beats him. And there you go. Come for the race picks, stay for the strategy, my exactly. friends. That's what betting is all about, right? It's about making sure that you don't lose more than you win. It's simple, right? Simple. Exactly. That's simple math. Uh, all right. Well, let's move over to my next bet. I stole your thunder a little here, but, but I did some digging and I really like this bet. It's juiced a little bit, but only because this man that I'm about to talk about next, not only is Cody in absolute love with him, but uh he is a fifth place machine basically <laughs> like uh, uh ryan blaney to finish top five is at minus 120 but listen he finished fifth in the fall and spring of 21 he finished fifth in the fall of 19 and the fall and the spring of 18 uh where he had the pole actually in the 18th uh but outside of that he finished seventh in the fall of 20 uh seventh in the spring of 17 and sixth in the spring of 16. Uh, you look back at his overall stats in 11 starts, he's got five top fives and eight top tens. So, I mean, when over half of his starts are top five finishes, uh, much like with Eric Almarola the week before, uh, I mean, the dude is probably guaranteed a top five finish in this. Uh, and, and I am going to, I said in the notes, I said when we talk, I'm going to make my case and then step back for the Ryan Blaney corner from Cody. So go. We need a little jingle here. The welcome to Cody's Ryan Blaney's corner of the week or whatever. Best, best I can do for you is, is this ready? Okay. And now it's time for Ryan Blaney corner with Cody Zeeb. Oh, I fucking love that. Right? Okay. Yes. We're definitely having this segment every weekend. Ryan Blaney is my guy this year. I, I don't know why, but I just, I'm in love with them and, I think we're going to see great things. I think he could easily win this weekend, plus 1,100. I'm definitely – I'm betting on him every week until he wins. So you can you can bet that. I don't care what the odds are. I'm taking him. Uh, <laughs> on Barstool, they have him as the top forward at plus 265. I think that's a sneaky good one. He could easily – even if he's up there, he loses to Larson or Elliott, a Chevy like that. He could easily be the best finishing forward. Um, it, it, you know, you, if you want to look into the head-to-heads – they have him against Hamlin and uh, Truex, or no, Hamlin and Kyle Busch. If you want to take the the fade the Toyotas strategy, 
I don't think that's a bad thing to do either. Um, Hamlin, you know, he really just didn't impress me. Bush, it was hard to measure with Bush because he had so many issues uh, last week. But the, again, that could be a Toyota thing because we saw that with multiple Toyotas. And, and all the Gibbs Toyotas had problems. Bell ended up going out of the race. And so if you want to take that route, but top four uh, on Barstool at plus 265, I like that. I think that's solid value. Plus 1,100 to win on FanDuel. Uh, I'm definitely getting down on that. So Ryan Blaney, you know, he's 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 the man this year. I'm going to ride him, and we're going to make some money off of him. So uh, tune in next week for the next segment of uh, Ryan Blaney Corner. This has been the Ryan Blaney Corner with Cody Zeeb. He might be plus 1,100 to win, but he's always number one in Cody's heart. So. <laughs> Uh, Ryan Blaney to win, but at least the top five at 120 for me. Uh, Cody, I know you skipped over one of your bets to get straight to Elliot, so let's let's collect that one back up. Uh, you got your last bet on 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 uh, deck. Yep, uh, William Byron head to head over Martin Truex Jr. Uh, minus 120. Again, gave the case already for the Toyotas, not doing that great. Uh, Truex has a pretty impressive history here, like you were going into earlier. So if you want to look at that, yes, he's got the better history uh, uh, than Byron does. Uh, Byron, he, he finished fourth at Charlotte last year. He won there in 2020. That's a similar track. Um, he's got a bunch of top fives at Kansas. Uh, he won Homestead in February last year, another kind of similar track to this one. He was fast this past weekend. Again, I Hendrick just looked like Hendrick of 2021 this past weekend. They were all fast, but he looked really fast. I think maybe other than, than Reddick, he probably had the next best car. Maybe you could say Elliott, but definitely one of those top. Those three guys, to me, seem to be the class of the field. He was fast. He's been fast. Uh, we saw it last year at Michigan. He was fast. We've seen it. He's been fast. He's had these these good cars. The higher wear tracks like Homestead, like I said, he won. I think that we're going to keep see that momentum keep carrying on. And again, Truex, the older guy, maybe not figuring out the car, maybe maybe starting to push past that prime. I'm just going to really lean into that angle with him and Harvick. And again, the Toyota thing, I, I feel like this is a pretty solid bet at minus 120 with William Byron finishing ahead of Martin Truex. So here's the thing, and, and a quick look at it. I can see this happening where I, I, I agree with you in that uh, I think William Byron is definitely fast. Uh, and, and really, I was throwing out Truex as as maybe a I, I don't want to say a to win. He's plus 1600 right now on DraftKings to win. Yeah. And if you I mean, that's long odds for him. So yeah. if, if you feel good about that, go for it. Yeah. But because that that's great odds for him. But yeah. But but here's what I'm looking at too, hit and here. Maybe the angle that, that both of us could end up winning. He's plus 130 for a top five finish. If you can see William Byron in the top three, maybe in the top four, maybe, and, and Truex still eking out a top five finish, uh, not only can you can you win your bet, but if you if you bet the top five for Martin Truex at plus 130, uh, you very much could be cashing both of those bets. Yeah, absolutely. So the edge you didn't know you need until we did. <laughs> to you. Uh, exactly. So. All right, I'm going to give you my race winner now, and this is one I, I'm pretty sure Cody told me, just in full disclosure, as we were prepping for the show, 
that we are going to disagree on several of them. And I have a feeling this might be one where we disagree. Uh, but look, Brad Keselowski is coming in at plus 2,500 to win this race. And I know what you're thinking, uh, that Brad Keselowski is public enemy number one so far this season. I, I did not go back through the races, but I will because I want to see exactly how many re, uh, wrecks he's responsible for over the first <laughs> two. I'm going to go take a break while you count these. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, give me a second. Uh, you might as well just step away for about an hour, so I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be back. Uh, in a, yeah. <laughs> but he does boast the most races won here of active drivers with three. Uh, yes, the last of which came in the fall of 2018, uh, not even a, a Pennzoil 400 or a Cobalt 400, uh, but he's led 313 laps. Uh, I, I feel like he's due. He's driving super aggressive, and he's always toward the front. In the 17 starts that he's had here, he's had 12 top 10s, eight top fives in those three wins. And and look, say what you will about track history and throwing it out the window. We've, we've harped on that before. But we have also seen Keselowski go for broke because I have a feeling that much like Harvick, this might be one of the, and we talked about this when we we're talking about futures. This might be one of the last years we see Keselowski in a, a cup car because of the fact that he's now transitioning to ownership. So he's going to let it all hang out this season, in my opinion. And, and this is a track where he's seen quite a, quite a bit of success. So in this new car, he's, he's proven that he's just willing to take chances. Like he's willing to put his bumper into anybody, everywhere, anytime, and, and try to get the win. So should he stay out of trouble? Should he not piss anybody off on the in the in the car? Uh, I, I have a feeling that when we're looking at the last few laps of the race, he's going to be in contention to win, and he may need to shove somebody out of the way to get there. But at plus twenty five hundred, you're looking at a three time winner on this track. Uh, the the one with the most active wins. I, I'm not quite sure why he's that long odds to win uh i don't i don't really know what we're, we're looking at here but i'm sprinkling something on this guy because if he wins you're really in the plus so i think that people are not sold on the roush fenway kozlowski thing yet i think that's i think that's why his odds are longer um i i don't hate it for the odds that it is <laughs> Twenty five hundred. I mean, he's gotten it done at this track for sure. Again, that was in Penske equipment. We talked about it early in this or before the season. I think he's going to come out gunning, trying to prove something, and I think he's definitely done that. He's wrecked a few cars on the way, but he wants to prove that this team, that he can change this team, that he can make it what it is. He's only thirty eight years old, so. I don't know if he's getting too much towards the end. I think he's definitely setting up with the ownership thing. I think he wants to stick around for a few years and build this thing. But I think he wants to start it off strong and come out with a win quickly. So at the odds they're at, definitely I don't hate putting a little bit on it. It's a long shot for a reason. But you can see it happening. I mean, the Fords have been fast. They were fast at Daytona. Didn't look the best last week. But again, small sample size, it's, it's a little hard to tell so far. So with a guy of his talent level, I, I don't hate it. 
<laughs> your tone says otherwise, man. I see you gritting your teeth. It's okay. I mean, look, I, it's, I, it's, it's it's not pretty, but you know, it it could happen. It's not pretty. It's definitely. I mean, it makes you feel. But that's dirty. the thing. I mean, you hit somebody to win at plus twenty five hundred. That covers how many weeks of betting. That's the great thing about NASCAR is like, yeah, we're not going to pick the winner every week. We're not going to pick the winner most weeks. But even a, a guy like Chase Elliott, you hit him at plus eight hundred. That that covers you for eight weeks of you know. If you, as long as you hit a plus 800 once every seven weeks, you're in the green. So you yeah. hit a plus 2,500, shit, you're covered for most of the season. <laughs> and, and even so. Kyle Larson at plus 500. I mean, that that's that's almost unheard of in an NFL or any other sport where... Yeah, and if you like, I mean, if you want to go with Kyle Larson this week, plus 500 is actually pretty decent odds you're going to get with him. Like, I would jump on that early in the week before he possibly puts that car in the front row or something in qualifying. Jump on that if you want to get on it because you're not going to get better odds than that most likely. But, yeah, I, I, again, it's not the prettiest for sure. But it doesn't have to be. And, I mean, we saw it last week with Redick. Uh, he was up there, you know, competing for that win, and he was, I think it's similar. I don't remember what he was at. I had a little bit on him, but he was at similar odds. He was looking really good. So, kazowski has got the history at this track in a Ford he, he knows what he's doing, and he can get it done. So I, I think the odds are long because people aren't convinced on the Roush deal because they've been down for so long. But, again, the level playing field. So we, What was Centric at for the 500? I got to think that it was really was long. 20, I think he was 25, like 21, 25. Yeah. He was in that range. So See? I mean, and, and I mean yeah, anybody can win at Super Speedways, but I would like I would think this would be a better bet than that was. So, yeah. Uh, with the rookie and all that so yeah it's again not super pretty but if it hits man <laughs> there we go you know you're, you're set up so i like it i'm, I'm gonna put a little on it too because i don't want to miss out on that do i gotta <laughs> wave my brad k flag now I I, I I i have to find one first i gotta dig one out <laughs> i got some brad k stuff i i'm a big miller light guy i, ah, I really liked him when he drove the miller light car but you know you whatever <laughs> Uh, all right. Any closing thoughts before we uh, put a bow on, on this uh, on this Pennzoil 400 special show? I just hope for half as good a race as we had last week. It was, you know, sports been uh, spoiling us lately. The NFL playoffs were amazing. We got like what seven, eight great games at the end there. We've had a great NASCAR all three of the races so far, and then some of the other series with the Xfinity and Truck Series races have been good too. So. We've been spoiled lately. I hope it keeps up. And I think I think it's going to with these new cars. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a good week. So I I'm, I'm excited. USFL kicking off in about a month or right. so. That's Did I see, right, that DraftKings is going to have USFL uh, contest? Sportsbook going to open up some lines yeah. for USFL. I like it. So, yeah, definitely check out the uh, USFL Gambling Podcast and the Fantasy Football Podcast. You've had a couple of USFL shows on there. So. Yep, the SGPN network is hitting the USFL hard, but we're also hitting NASCAR hard for you as well. Once again, I want to say thank you so much to all of you who have been listening. Uh, I know I echo Cody's thoughts in that uh, this this show is more than either one of us could have imagined, and the simple fact that you are out there listening to us week after week. Hopefully, you're having fun with us. Hopefully, you're winning some money from uh, from our bets. But um, more importantly, just I hope you feel like this is a place where you can listen to some good NASCAR talk and really just feel like a couple of fans uh, are, are talking to you uh, about NASCAR. 
Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter too, at Husker underscore Zeeb. Uh, I'll definitely have a DraftKings article coming out later in the week, maybe some other stuff. So stick with us and follow us. Again, join us in the Slack channel. We're giving out stuff. If we see stuff in practice or qualifying or or catch a lead on something else that we really like, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll drop it there and win some money. Definitely important, too, uh, with qualifying being the way it is. Uh, we can give you our bets now, but we fine-tune those bets in the Slack channel uh, on qualifying day. And uh, that's where you can get the most up-to-date information on NASCAR from us in that Slack channel. So make sure you go to the Sports Gambling Podcast website, find the Slack channel, find where to get all that information. Follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. I got NASCAR stuff. I got USFL stuff, fantasy football stuff, CFL stuff. I, I don't know. Whatever you want, I probably have it. I'm like your sports crack dealer, but, uh, you know, a lot less illegal. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Download that app. Make sure you're checking out the SGPN live stream for the um, soccer and, and for the horse racing and for everything else that we've got going on. The, the uh, horse but, racing one, if you tune in for nothing else other than Malcolm's voice, <laughs> that accent, it'll, it'll uh, do, right? do your ears good. <laughs> I, I love listening to that guy. <laughs> me too. Me too. So the horse racing thing's kicking off. As well, keep an eye on the SGPN app for that. But this is Rod for Cody. Thanks for listening again. Join us next week as we break down more NASCAR action on this show. And until next time, let's go racing and let it ride.